Hello and welcome to my Caravan Industry Insights podcast. This podcast is for anyone working in the caravan industry, whether you're from a manufacturer, supplier or dealer here in the UK or elsewhere. So listen every week to hear insights, interviews and marketing tips to help keep you and your business more informed and successful. I'm John Rawlings, a journalist and communications expert with a lifelong passion for caravanning and 20 plus years PR and events experience in the car and caravan industries. From starting in the editorial team at Practical Caravan Magazine to working in the press offices at Vauxhall, Volvo and Volkswagen and now in my own business specialising in the caravan industry. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of my podcast. Thank you very much for listening and I hope you're subscribing. For this week's episode we're going to look into the phenomenon that is van life. Van life is, if you use Instagram, you can't escape pictures of glamorous young couples in their camper vans, parked in exotic locations, looking all looking extremely cool. Of course, there's much more to it than that, and there's, there's quite, a, quite a growing trend. It's a trend that's spawned dedicated magazines. There's a magazine called Ad, uh, Adventure, Adventure, so a play on the word adventure. I was, well, I will be interviewing the editor of that at some stage, but he's got flu at the moment. So I have to wait till next year for him. And there's a podcast called She's Behind the Wheel. Do that right? It's Kat from She's Behind the Wheel. She couldn't, wasn't available either at the moment. We'll still catch up with her at another time. But I have got someone who is living the van life for an interview today. And that is Tash from the YouTube channel Life Beyond Bricks. So as the name suggests, Tash and her husband John have sold their house gone van life full-time now they've actually they've actually got an a-class motorhome but they have been doing this since she said 2018 so they're well and truly hooked and i want to get an in you'll find it interesting listening to their her insight into the whole world of it there's something i think the caravan industry needs to focus on because it's growing <laughs> there are dedicated events cropping up for for this sector some of them very grassroots some coming from van lifers who have got their own following on social media and they've started up their own event. There's a there's a camp out, uh, I forget what it's called now, Tash will, will talk about it in the interview. And even Warner's, Warner's Publishers, how, who are very, very well known for the events they do around the country for the motorhome sector, they're, they, they're launching a camper van camp out next May. May 2023 down in Sussex, not far from me actually. So yeah, it's growing. There's a lot of people doing DIY conversions. There's a lot of people buying vans to live in full time. So let's have a look at this sector, interesting growing sector of the market. And we will talk to Tash now. So hello, today we are talking about van life, finding all out about van life. And I've got Tash from Life Beyond Bricks, the YouTube channel. Hello, Tash. Hello. Hello. Tell me, tell me what your, your channel's called, Life Beyond Bricks, because you've sold it up, you've sold your house and are living full time in the motorhome. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. that's correct. So myself and my husband, John, who obviously isn't here with me now, yeah. we basically sold our house in March 2019. And we moved into a most home full time to go traveling with our three cats as oh, well. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what was meant to be a gap year has basically turned into, I think we're, well, we're coming up for four years now in wow. March wow. since we did that because we just... A couple of things. We realised that we loved it so much that we wanted to continue doing it, or we, we want to continue doing it as much as we can. And also, we, you know, we gave ourselves twelve months to tour the UK because we are originally from uh, the Portsmouth area, so yeah. quite far down south. Yeah, and we just realised, 
I was going to yeah. say, apart from the Isle of Wight, you can oh, yeah, get much further, further south than that. Yeah. So we decided to tour the UK, which a lot of people said, oh, why don't you go to Europe? But we just wanted to see our own country, you know, it, because I always say this to people as a as an, you know, way of processing it. From where we used to live, we could fly to Spain quicker than we could drive to the Lake District, for example. That was a six-hour drive. Yeah. You know, we could two hours to the airport and a couple of hours to Spain. We, we could be there in less time. Yeah. So we chose to tour the UK. But, of course, at the end of the 12 months, we realised that we haven't even scratched the surface of the UK, let alone the rest of the world. So we thought, you know what, we found a lifestyle we absolutely love and we're just going to, you know, take sort of grab the opportunity and, and run with it as much as we can so yeah coming up four years in in march which is crazy oh yeah that's gone really quick that's what you've had covid and lockdown and all that was a- yes yes of course so I, I, yeah. I suppose out of our travels you could probably take about 18 months out of that where we were yeah. you know sort of sat still or whatever but even then you know that that's fine because we made the most of when we were allowed to even to weekend and things like that yeah. we just made the most of the opportunity full stop yeah. I know what you mean. I grew up in Hampshire, in Farnborough. So I'm not a million miles from Portsmouth. I know that area oh, yeah. up. And uh, yeah. you're right, though. For us, it was always easier to head head across the channel and go into or, or, or go to Europe. Going to, I've had very few holidays in uh, Scotland. Or in fact, I remember going on having a gap year of going to uh, New Zealand and confessing that I hadn't been to the Lake District before. I'd been I went to New Zealand before I'd been to the Lake District, and I thought, oh, I've got to sort that out. So I did. I have subsequently been a few times in the event. Never yes, it's just it's just quite a long way from down here, isn't it? Again, it was you know to drive to even the you know earliest stages of Scotland. You're looking at a good ten ten hours. So and I mean we obviously could have flown there, but again, it's it's a time thing because you think well actually I could fly to. XYZ, and of course, we've got the Euro Tunnel, you know, down south as well. So, again, even our driving holidays, we used to actually choose to go across the water and we would go to Germany, we went to Zandvoort, you know, we went to all these places. And again, we were like, we've just still got time in the UK. Oh, no, no, I'm desperate to go to Scotland, but for that very reason, it is quite a long way. And you probably need more than a week to do it justice, really. So, yes, well, that, that's my definitely. excuse. I mean, it's stop me going to the south of province for a week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, still close so, today. <laughs> I know it is, it is much. so van life. What is it all about? Is it, I see it on so as most of you on Instagram. There's a hashtag. There's all those people who camp around and stuff. So tell me more about it. And it's it's, it's really growing all the time. It seems. Yes, it is. So I'll give you what we you know what van life is from my you know my point of view or yeah. from my and John's point of view. Yeah. For us, we just found that, and it sounds very cliche, but for us, we found it was a freedom because when you've got everything with you, you know, as in your home with you, mm-hmm. there is that freedom that you don't have to always worry about going back to one place that, you know, exactly like we were just discussing, you don't have to go, you know, from Portsmouth to wherever you're going and then back and then whatever. You can you can just continue to travel and it just it opened up this whole freedom of, Actually, yeah, the world is our worst and we can go wherever we want. But I also think for me personally, van life is a state of mind. I do think it's a way, and I can say that obviously from, you know, your perspectives change from living what I call our old lifestyle now, yeah. you know, where we sort of had a house and, and cars and right. a traditional job and things like that. It, it is a new state of mind because you just change your whole perception of how you live life. You know, we've simplified things down, but but it's not simplified like people would assume. It's just our version of simplified. So you're able to get rid of all the things we didn't need in our lives, be that stuff or, you know, 
commutes or anything like that. And it's I say it's a state of mind. It's about living an alternative lifestyle, perhaps, but it's living a lifestyle that you want. And that is what, for me, that's what bad life is all about. It's, you know, and about meeting other like-minded people who share that that sentiment with you. I say, I mean, I've been following you on social media, et cetera, for quite a while. And you do seem to have made lots of friends and there's quite a community out there, isn't there? Yes, there definitely is a community. And it's, you know, it's crazy. Again, I always, I sort of probably, if people have spoke to me before, they might have heard me say this, but I lived next door to my neighbours in our house for X amount of years. And we probably never got past the, morning hello yeah. what day has been day stage <laughs> whereas you know you you go to a campsite or you know a park up or anything and if you spot someone else in a van nine times out of ten if you catch each other and start talking before you know it a couple of hours has passed and it's like you've always known them i can't describe it maybe because you're starting out with a common interest perhaps because you're both enjoying, you know, the same, yeah. the same lifestyle. But, uh, but yeah, you're definitely right. And that's one thing that has been so incredible about the community that we've met along the way do, is even... So do you think you need, you need that sort of social contact? Is that is there something about that as well? I know you're, because I think your husband, a lot of people do it on their own, don't you? But maybe you sort of feel a bit more interested you want you want to talk to more people. Is that, is that it as well, do you think? No, but no. Do you know what I think it is? Hmm. I think it's because you're getting to talk to people that you choose to talk to. So in your old life, because I, I always used to think I was quite social and yeah. John's not. <laughs> I, we've kind of we've kind of met in the middle and I've realised that actually because I went through life socialising in situations like work, you know, or, or social situations where you just do it because there's people there and you think you have to. Whereas I think with van life, you get to choose, you know, kind of who you communicate with. And that's been a big thing for me. And I've realised that actually, because I'm quite happy in my own company and so is John. And I am so social, but I've realised that it can be with who I want it to be, which, like you say, so I think if you are, you know, because I've got friends in the van life community who actually, the solitude is the part they really enjoy about it. Oh. And again, that's beautiful because right. I think one other thing I would say about van life is that you come across all sorts of different people. And the brilliant thing is, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter who's got this van or who does what, there's none of that. It's just, you know, like-minded people, you're all on an even playing playing field. And again, I think that's probably why when you meet people, you end up talking and before you know it, it's like you've known them for ages because you get rid of all those other things that people kind of look at and not judge you on. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you know, you fall into that trap, don't you? Because you have a certain car or a certain house or whatever. Yeah. But for me, and probably because I don't, you know, like we obviously we have a, an A class no time. That was our choice because it fitted, it suited the five of us, three cats and yeah, you know, yeah. myself and John. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you know, I, you know, but I meet people that have their car camp, they've got self builds, tents, you know, the lot. And again, that's one of my favourite things is everyone's got something different, and you just you never know who you're going to meet, and you meet all these people with amazing stories. And the variety is my favourite thing. Oh, of course. Are they generally similar to age? Is it a life stage people get to, or is it, does it really appeal to everyone? <laughs> Do you know, I think it appeals to all sorts. I think it's more of an awakening sometimes, mm -hmm. because before we went full-time, mm -hmm. we were talking about it and what pushed us in, into it. Because we've been following the, you know, the, the sort of motorhome industry for a long time. And we had a motorhome, we used to go away at weekends and holidays. Right. But again, as I was saying about the whole time traveling, the time it takes to travel up the country. Yeah. One of the reasons that we wanted to go full time was because we'd fallen in love with this new style of holiday motorhoming. Mm -hmm. 
But again, we were always restricted to being within a couple of hours of where we lived because we didn't have enough time to go away. And, and that's where the full time was born for us is because we thought, oh, wouldn't it be lovely if we could go away for, say, six weeks or something? And it, it just grew from there because we realised, you know, we'd have to give up our jobs and our house and everything. And that's how it grew. But one thing when we were talking about it, and we actually went to an Adria rally because we didn't know any, we don't have any friends or family that motor home. So we didn't know anybody. Wow. When we first got our van, we joined the Adria Owners Club. So we went to this rally and it was fantastic because we were meeting other motor homeowners and we were like, oh, OK, and we had lots in common. But we were the youngest by a fair margin. You know, just being honest, we were the youngest yeah. by a fair margin. Yeah. But we get on with, you know, people of all ages. You know, again, it doesn't matter. We've always been like that. Yeah. And, and as we were chatting and we were talking about what we were thinking about doing full time, nearly every person said, I wish I'd done it when I was your age. I wish oh, I'd wow. done it sooner. Yeah. So I think perhaps for some people, maybe it is a later stage because you've got other factors involved, you know, like mortgages or children or things like that. Yeah. But I think it's definitely also a bit of an awakening, like, oh, do you know what? I wish I could do it. And if you could find a way to do it, then do. So we come across people our age, people younger than us, people older than us. I don't know if, it, I think, I do think my Tony used to perhaps have a certain age bracket on it, maybe, which again, as I say, we noticed when we first started motorhoming yeah. and people used to say things to us like, oh, that's a nice motorhome. Does it belong to your parents? And we're like, no, no, it's ours. <laughs> and they're like, oh, really? And then of course we go into the story, but then, you know, nearly everybody is like, wow, that's amazing. You know, I wish I'd done it. So yeah, I, I don't, I think I mean, there used to be a bit of an age bracket on it, but I think now people are realising that you've just got to got to go for it i think so can you can you van life in a caravan or is that everyone seems to have a a van on motor is that cool something different (laughs) yes so to be honest i do think it's because it's a lot easier in a motorhome or camper van yeah i think because of the way that things are set up certainly you know in the uk but i do know of people that full-time in their caravans again i've met a few people that i still talk to now and they full-time in their caravans because again it it suits them better because they can go and pitch up somewhere then they'll do the traveling part in the car i think it depends how you like to do it as well so we don't stay in one area for a massive amount of time Mm -hmm. so so for us it's better but you know for the couples that i know you know they like to pitch up and then go off and do things so I don't know of as many people personally, I don't personally know as many people doing it, mm. but it definitely can be done. And it, it is, you know, it is done. And I mean, when we were we did our road trip across the water a couple of months ago, all around sort of mainland Europe, you know, we saw a lot more caravans out there. Still a lot of motorhomes, but more caravans out there than we did over here. That's mm, cool. Mm. Yeah, I'm sowing seeds to my wife to say, you know, as soon as we can, would it tempt you? She's slowly getting there. She's got a really busy... Yeah, do it. Do it. Well, she's got a really busy, stressful job. I'm just waiting for the day to come and she'll come home and go, right, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when your time to strike. Um, To be fair, that's what Don kind of did to me. I was always strictly hotels and, you know, never done camping really. And then we mountain bike a lot. Oh, nice. And then it started out with a day van, a T4 day van. Oh, yeah. And of course, we're really into motorsport. Then it's then from there, it progressed to the odd overnight because I was like, oh, actually, John, we don't have to go to a hotel. We could. And he was like, yeah, see, I told you. And then <laughs> again, it snowballed from there. So I reckon he was putting the seeds, planted the seeds a long time ago. <laughs> um, and now I, you know, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. But it, it, do you enjoy it in the winter as well? All year round, it's not a problem. Yeah, I have to say, we don't mind it in the winter. It has its challenges, yeah. but 
the only thing I will say is there are just as many challenges in the in the really hot weather because yes, in this weather, so obviously now is a perfect example because you can you know, and obviously people listening can't see, but I'm obviously sat here in, you know, with a, with a headband and a, and a sort of body warmer and a hoodie on. Yeah. And, you know, and in my van at the moment, I've just got extra provisions. So I've got, you know, thicker socks. I've got a jumper to wear today. I've got a diesel heater as well in, in my camper. Actually, I should probably say that for context. We live full-time in our motorhome, but because of our work setup that changed since COVID, I now have my own camper as well, that whilst John is working in one place, I can go off in my own camper van just for context yeah so that makes sense yeah. so i do a bit of a solo you know solo female van life yeah. as well but yeah in the winter you have challenges but i have to say in the summer you also have challenges because things get hot things overheat you have to try and cool your van down yeah. you know there, there can yeah. be just i was going to say yeah. yeah especially with the cat so yeah. there are just as many challenges in the boiling hot weather as there are in the winter so for us personally the winter doesn't bother us and I quite like the winter because I don't like being hot and sweaty when I'm out exploring. <laughs> so I'd much rather go in the winter mean. when there's less people. Yep, there's less yeah. people around, yeah. you know, and you can kind of wrap up and go for a nice sort of crisp walks. Yeah. And I think we both think we enjoy it. So actually for us, winter isn't really a problem. No, that's good. That's good. So do you think bad life is growing? Are there more people doing it? In the four years you've been, you've been out there, have you noticed that trend? Yes, yes. absolutely, 100%. Since we... You know, when we first, even when we first started talking about it, as I say, we didn't really know many people. And this is where social media was fantastic because that helped us to connect with others. And some of them are now, some of them are now really good friends of ours that we met on the road. And, you know, it's crazy. That's what I was saying about that bond, I think, you form with some people. And Mm -hmm. and now they're some of our closest friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I would say since COVID, certainly for us, we've seen a huge increase in the community, in the amount of people that are now doing it. And I think that mindset shift I was talking about previously yeah. where, you know, people just go, right, we've got to do it. I think a lot of that has come out of COVID as well. I think a lot of people have just said, oh, do you know what? We've got to do it. We've got to do it now. So, yeah, it's yeah. definitely, it's grown and it's still growing, I would say. Oh, yeah. I think you're right about COVID because also this whole work patterns have changed. You can work from anywhere now, but you don't have to go into the office as much. There's lots of people working from home. So why not, why not yes. do it in a, in a motorhome or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. As long as you know, as long as you've got internet, yeah, then you're pretty good to go anywhere. But so, like me, you know, yeah. what I'm doing now. So yeah, yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? And I've noticed that there's a various special events popped up around the van life. So van life eats is that the one you're at the van life festival, and even Warners have got their own dedicated camp van. What's it called? Camper van camp out. I think next May, isn't it? That you're going to be at. Yes, absolutely. So yes, a new a new show in the in the Warner show yeah. lineup, which you know we're really excited about because, as I say, before we met people in the, the van life community, we used to be you know we were motorhomers as well. So we actually used to go to a lot of the Warner shows when we were shopping for our first motorhome. So to now be a part of the Warner shows for us is you know is is quite special actually, yeah. and uh, really excited about camper van camp out because it's a new type of show for them you know to kind of focus more on the camper van side, but I think with all the wealth of experience they can bring to it, I think it's going to be fantastic. So I'm I'm really that's one on the calendar I'm really looking forward to next year. Not just because I'm in it, because <laughs> I'm biased. <laughs> that's that's, um, that's, but I think uh, it's be- that's in Sussex. So it's quite near me. I'm going to definitely make an effort to come along to that. But- but it's, yes. quite a, it's quite a trend, isn't it? It's a big company like Warner's mm-hmm. getting behind doing doing an event, yes. basically. I know Camper Vans is, is like a really growth sector of the market. 
But uh, all these other independent ones, I think it's quite interesting that they popped up. That, was it Van Life Eats? Am I right? Is that the one? Yes, so Van, oh. Van Life Eats, again, that's only, I think that'll be its third year. Well, it's third, third year next year. Yeah. And is that kind of quite same... into, into cooking and food and stuff in their band, isn't it? Yes, the so, so the show, you're absolutely right, Mark yeah. and Sophie, who are lovely, ah. yeah, and we've met through the shows and, you know, we get on well with them. So, yeah, so it's called The Big Picnic and it's by Van Life Beats. And, it's, and again, it's always another one that's down south at the end of the summer. So we quite enjoy it because we get to go, we go to visit friends and family because it's in Hampshire. So it's ah, quite good okay. for us. So we, we yeah, can yeah. kind of, you know, use it as an opportunity to, to yes. come back, you know, to the area and visit. But yeah, you're right, there's, that's something else I've noticed has grown since because obviously the first year we did it there was a few shows and then of course COVID happened and I think since COVID there's so many new shows now and it's brilliant because everyone everyone's got its own little twist on it so again I you know because personally I think there's rooms for everybody you know I think it's fantastic it's a great way to celebrate the variety that's in the community so yeah lots of shows popping up it's amazing there's quite a just a really fascinating trend so do you think it's something that the caring industry should be sort of supporting a bit more? Do you, is it purely sort of grassroots level stuff at the moment? Yeah, I mean, uh, when you say the caravan industry could support it more, what do you mean? Like perhaps mm. show up at the shows or have an input in the well, shows? Well, I don't or... necessarily want it to get too commercial, but I'm just wondering if it's an opportunity for the industry in terms of their own marketing and developing products that, that aren't going to appeal to that audience. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I would definitely agree with you. I mean, you already sit the nail on the head. The fact yeah. that a company like Warner's are getting involved, yeah. you're absolutely right. I think there is there is scope for the, you know, the caravan industry to maybe look at it, see how they could get involved. I think that would be fantastic because I think for us, one thing we've noticed is that there used to be kind of two sides, the, the motorhome side and the kind of van life slash, you know, self-deal kind of side or camper oh. van side. Yeah. And for us, it's fantastic. We've always been somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Because I say we we love the lifestyle, but the, our choice of vehicle was never the, and I use quote, air quote, traditional, you know, vehicle. Yeah. However, the two worlds are merging. So I think it would be a fantastic time for, you know, all areas of the industry to have a look and see how they might be able to get involved. Uh, I mean, there seems to be a huge chunk of, of van lighters giving their own DIY conversions. I guess that's just the cheapest and easiest way to get into into the... Yeah, I, I think it. I think it is, but I also think there's a definitely a growth in the younger audience going from motorhomes now as well. Because, so for example, the reason that myself and John never built a van was because we didn't have the res the resources, we didn't have anywhere to do it, um, and also I'm really impatient. I hold my hands up and say that. And I would, you know, and we just prefer the motorhomes. You know, we want it kind of all ready to go, and yeah. you know, and that way it's. And of course, because we're both in the motor industry. We appreciate all the effort and the testing and everything that goes into making motorhomes and caravans and things. So for us, we look at it from that point of view as well. So we just really enjoy motorhomes. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. People building their own because then they can spec it and make it make it fit their lifestyle. Because and this was again from our early days. I know this from when we had the T4. You can't always afford to have a separate motorhome and then perhaps two cars. Sure. So sure. one of your vehicles does have to be multi-purpose. So as I said, for us, yeah. it was our first ever T4 because it yeah. was a daily runner, yeah. but also it was a you know a day van on the back. 
the same with my camper van now it's a, it was a danbury it's it's not one we built ourselves it was one that we, you know we, we bought it stock yeah, yeah but it is you know it's things like it's got five seat belts it's you know it's got a large space it's it's only a vw so it's the same it fits in any car parking space sure. but then also like me now it's a fully furnished camper. I've got heating in it. I've got cooking, you know, cooker in it. I've got a portable toilet in it. I've got everything I could need. Yeah. So I think I think the thing with the self builds as well is that people need the vehicles to be so multifunctional now right. that that's perhaps where the, the trend is growing. Although one thing I will say is I've noticed even in the last few years in the motorhoming industry, certainly, and the camper van industry, I think that's starting to that's starting to come into that as well so yeah that's one thing i'm noticing coming into you know camper vans is you're noticing they're starting to put more it's got four berths and four belts and you know you when you look at some of the coach belts you know they're now the same size as the panel van some of them so i think hopefully those things are starting to spill into the industry which is fantastic because then it makes it more accessible for everybody so for someone like me who doesn't have the resource to build a van there's a chance i could actually buy one that will fit my needs. So I right. think it, it's changed a lot yeah. uh, in the last few years. The one that I, I haven't seen yet, or I don't think I've seen it in the States, is creating some workspaces on, on, the, on the layout rather than just using the main yeah. tables or a dedicated place to, to work from. That's, there was a concept called some one brand at the Door show had it, I think, but I think that's going to be the next the next thing. There's so many people using laptops and working in them and all over the place. But anyway, that's, that's you heard it here first. Yes. Watch out for that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I know what you're talking about as well. The the there was the two brands, wasn't there, that incorporated Have that kind of workspace yeah. into the back. I think was it behind the the passenger seat, or it's yes. behind that area, and they that's incorporated nice. it in. So yeah, and I think as well that's where you know in self builds you get things like the lagoon tables and stuff because they can fold out and then create a, a space, and you know they're very popular. I've not heard of a lagoon um, table before. That's a new one. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's on like an arm. I don't know if I've pronounced it right, but it's on an arm. And so it'll, it folds flat, but then it can fold up and it can, it can basically be multifunctional and, and move around. So you can have it tucked down the side of the inside, but then it can come out and then you've got a work, an instant workstation, things like that. So. Oh, okay. okay. That, sounds, that sounds better, doesn't it? You, where, do you, where do you stop when you're away? Do you use campsites much or are you, I know you're, I've definitely seen you a big fan of bridge stops and things like that. But, but when you're on the road, do you wild camp as well? What's what's the Yeah. What yeah, so actually we we do a mixture of all all, you know, like park ups, pub stops, campsites. We do a mixture of all of it. It really depends on where you are as yeah. to what the facilities are like. Yeah. Because, you know, you go somewhere, for example, like Canterbury, and I wish more city, you know, I wish more places in the UK had this, like they do over the water. Yeah. But in Canterbury, for example, they've got a park and ride that has dedicated motorhome area and it's oh. got Elsan and fresh water and wastewater. So actually you can go there and your overnight parking ticket includes the bus, you know, you can still use the park and ride. Whereas, you know, you might go somewhere else where they don't have things like that, but all, all they and they don't have any other park ups or pubs, or the pubs are too small. Or, so it, it really depends where you are. I mean, we pre- we do prefer to not use campsites all the time, but that's just because we'd rather be kind of putting putting ourselves into the local economy. So, you know, like you said, we're a big fan of Brit stops and things, but that's because we love meeting the people in the local pubs. Because we certainly found on our 2019 tour, and obviously we did the 12, you know, that was our gap, our first gap year. Yeah. We did a lot of a lot of Brit stops, and actually, some of the people in there would be able to give you really good local information that oh, you know you might not get elsewhere. So they'd ask, you know, you get chatting to them, and they say, "Oh, what are you up to?" Then you go, "Oh, we're touring here," and they'd say, "Oh, have you been X, Y, Z?" Or, "Oh, no, don't go there because of that." 
you might want to try here. And yeah. so we found it was a really good way to get some of the best local knowledge. And as I say, put back into the community, you know, so people say, <laughs> sometimes we get comments saying, oh, you're always eating, you're always eating. <laughs> it's like, well, no, A, you only see, you know, one yes. snippet of our day and yes. yes. um, but b it's because actually yes food is a big part of our travel because there's i mean different varieties of food even in this country you know you go up north yeah. and there's yeah. things that we've never even heard of down south yeah. and uh, you know and obviously it's again it's about going to the local pubs cafes restaurants food street vendors you know what i mean all that sort of stuff yeah and yeah. Uh, that's why we prefer to do the park ups because then we can kind of put that you know save that budget and put that budget into into you know back into the economy really and enjoy ourselves at the same time so but then of course we sometimes tra- traveling full-time can get quite tiring it's that it might sound ridiculous but sometimes you do need so you know then we'll go to a campsite maybe for a few days because then you haven't got to worry about moving on you haven't got to think where you're parking up and also then it's a good facility thing because you can kind of empty out fill up uh, do any washing in yeah water all that sort of stuff yeah. uh, have that rest yeah. And of course, now that I now work from the road, you know, sort of launch my own business from the road, obviously that's also something else to have to factor in. So that might be something else I factor into a campsite stock. So it's like right, Wi Fi and working and yeah. and be knowing that I can park where we are and I can stay there and I can and work and things. So yeah. for us personally, we do a big mix of all, you know, all the different types of park ups, partly because of the way we like to travel. That makes you sense. know, because obviously counties. Well, yeah, because the other thing is we sometimes prefer to travel sort of later in the day in the evening because, you know, that's just when we like to travel because then we'll scout out a place in the evening the night before. Then the next day we can get up and we know what we want to do. And also the traffic tends to have died down. And sometimes with the girls, it means we won't be traveling in the hottest part of the day then. But again, it's all dependent on individual things. And so for us campsites, because you're sometimes restricted by times. Yeah. Sometimes campsites don't work for us because we might want to leave later in the day. So it, it really is a go with the flow, mix it up, yeah. whatever you need that and day. And do you <laughs> feel safe all the time? Have you had any, any bad experiences? One of our first ever park up experiences wasn't great. We had a drunk guy at about two, I think it's two or three o'clock in the morning. And he was, yeah, he was just running around the car park. And ran and banged on the side of our van and ran down the side of our van. And that was one of our first ever experiences. This was when we went full time. And that scared us off wild camp. Uh, or, I say wild camp, scared us off park ups for two years. But then once we went full time, it was building up a confidence thing. So starting in pub stops is a great way to do that because, you know, you're in a car park. It's probably, you know, you're in a designated area. Yeah. And I think those experiences don't happen very often because you go with your gut. As long as you go with your gut, if something doesn't feel right, then you go and, it, and it's got and when you travel as a couple even if one of you says oh i think it'll be all right and the other one goes i'm not comfortable then you don't stay you, you know you've got to both be comfortable 100 yeah. percent. yes i know we were talking earlier before we started the from the podcast she's behind the wheel yes she, i've listened to quite a few of her she's, at times she's had a couple where she's been absolutely terrified in a van on her own as well, bless her. I think she's really brave to have to continue. Because I, I must say, well, I suppose it depends where you part, but I would, at first, it's one of those things just quite used to, I can imagine. At first, I think it would feel odd. Yeah, and, and it's funny, actually, because when I got my own van and started going out on my own, I had to start from scratch, effectively. Because, uh, of course, I thought, oh, I've done this before, but I, I had to start from scratch. So, again, I started out with pub stops and campsites, and then I had to build my confidence up slowly to be on my own it is it is different when you're on your own yeah. and there are certain things that i would do differently 
So in my van, you know, I, I won't set the van up fully. I'll have it in as as a state of being able to go away quickly. Right. So, you know, when I'm parking up and but yeah, the gut feeling thing is a big thing that comes oh. into it a lot. Yeah, and of course that is the beauty of the camper van. You can just get in and go. You don't got car and caravan. It's a bit more complicated. If you really the you just get out of the situation as quickly as possible. I can definitely yeah. see the advantage of that. Yes, definitely. And how have your cats got on with it then? Have they not wanted? Have they actually stayed? I know you do let them out and you take them out and about, but I know some cats like staying at home. Maybe it's just the same thing. I've got three cats, and one of them stays in all day long virtually. Oh, so yeah, our all of our cats were house cats. They're all rescues, so mm-hmm. they you know they've never grown up together. They they cohabit more than anything. They don't you know they don't curl up together, and they're not all all friends. They get on, but they yes. cohabit. Yeah. And um, so they were already house cats anyway. But yeah, they hated the motel and well, we couldn't even take them to the vet in the car, you know, without them kicking off. So when we decided to go full time, I think from conception of the idea, you know, to actually saying right, we're going to do it to when we moved out, when the house sale went through, it was about 11 months. And from the word go, we said, right, we're going to work with the cats now. So we had to build them up very slowly. So parking them at home outside the house, because we, we didn't have any of those parts. We had to physically bring it to the house, yeah. park up outside. Then we'd go and sit in the, sit in the motel with them, let them scent it up, because it helps that we look into how the cats operate and what makes them comfortable. So it's things like letting them scent the van up so that it becomes a familiar space. Just right. sitting with them, not driving anywhere, not yeah. forcing them. Because you know, you, you know, you're a cat owner yourself. You know that you can't make a cat do anything, which we never want to anyway. Yeah. But as long as you do it on their terms, and they once they feel happy and comfortable and secure, yeah. they they're actually the biggest thing I learned is that they're a lot more adaptable than we probably ever gave them credit for. Because I say they're rescues. They're very highly strung. All three right. of them. They're all girls as well. Right. But. Now, you look at them now, nearly four years, well, I suppose it would be over four years since we first started to harness train them, train them in the motorhome. And then we had to, we started out by doing short trips because we used to live near the beach, obviously. We were down right oh, down yeah, the south. Yeah. So we used to do short trips to the beach, sit there for a few hours, you know, cook ourselves food, do whatever, yeah. let, and not fuss over them, just let them do what they needed to do, mind their own business, and then we built it up from there. And I say the first year or so, the travelling, we did very, very short stints of travel when we, you know, when we were first full-time. Yeah. But now we're at a point where, you know, people always say to me, oh, my gosh, I can't believe your cats have taken to it. So I said it took, a, you know, there was a lot of work involved, but you just had to be patient with them. And it's paid off in the long run because now they love it. They, you know, that's why we've got an A-class, because they love being on the dashboard. They'll people watch. They'll go to sleep in the sun and they're happy. And we realise they get to go out now more than they ever did when we were in the house because we were out at work for 10 hours a day. Uh, now, uh, you know, we can more. take them out with us. Yeah, so now. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, do you know what? Our, especially the oldest ones who weren't that snuggly, even they're getting more snuggly because our oldest is nearly 15 now. Wow. So they weren't kittens by any stretch. You know, all yeah, of them were older, you yeah. know. Uh, all, all seniors in technical cat, you know, age. They were actually yeah. all seniors, yeah. and now, like I say, people are like, "Oh my god, have they done this all their lives?" And I'm like, "No, we've you know, four years." So yeah, I say a bit of patience and persistence, they also, and they love it. 
Yeah, they also feel secure, don't they? But it, even with your yeah. class, it's not the biggest space in the world to have three cats in there. Keep, <laughs> so they're in their own space. <laughs> no, because, yeah, again, as you well know, cats are what, you know, yay big, five kilos, four kilos, you know, yeah. they're not big. Yet they have so much stuff, you know, because they've got litter trays, they've got cat scratches, they've got certain blankets, they've got their toys, their food, their catnip, their x you know x y z they have a lot of stuff so you're absolutely right having to kind of fit all that in the van and yeah. make it make it fit again so that we all have living space i mean that that was a big part of tuning the layout of our van john actually had a spreadsheet and he you know he made a point of because by, by that point the adria we have now was the fourth van we'd ever owned okay so by this point we kind of knew exactly what we wanted from a layout for, for us yeah so, but the cats were a big part of the layout as well because it's it's just things like I said, the dashboard, it's the fact that, you know, I found seven metres, it's not massive by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. You know, it's long long enough, but it's also short enough that we find it practical to, to get everywhere. Yeah. And it's things like having a door into the garage from inside so that uh, the cats okay. actually have, the full, so they have full use of from tip to tail of the van, mm. they've got an area everywhere they can go so they you know we put blankets on top of the there's a ledge where the water the fresh water tank is so again that's now there so they've got beds under there so actually all three of them can be in completely separate areas of the van minding their own business everyone's happy (laughs) Uh, i bet they love hiding away in that garage that's really good oh they they know if if we're trying to do something and we need them to be out they're like no i'm gonna go in the garage (laughs) Uh, so uh, do you miss your house? Do you miss living inside of a bridge? Do you know what? Uh, do you know what? No. The only thing I miss is carpet because we don't keep the carpets in all the way through because it's just not practical for us with cats as well. It's just not practical. Yes. Oh, you're like, okay. And there's Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> he knows of you guys, you see. You ever seen John? John Morning Communications? He can't do Yeah. Uh. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> he says hello. <laughs> oh, okay, no worries. Yes. Yeah, so, so the question: Do I do I miss my house? No, I can honestly say I don't. And considering that I've lived there my whole life because I knew that my mum beforehand, and when she remarried and, and moved out, I was old enough and I actually bought it off the council. And then obviously John and I had it together, so I was really surprised that. I can honestly say I don't miss it. As I say, the only things I miss some occasionally would be the carpet and possibly a flushing toilet. But I think that would be even that doesn't bother me because when you compromise, when you yeah. weigh up the compromise of what we get to do and how we get to live, yeah, it really doesn't bother me. So I can honestly say no. I loved my house, but that chapter in my head is closed now, and we're on to something new and exciting. So mm-hmm. no. So is this going to be forever or just go with the flow? I say go with the flow. It's going to be for as long as it's possible. And, you know, that could be down to finances. That could be down to health, you know, oh, yeah. for either of us. Because John, John was a motor technician for his whole life since he was 16. And he's only in his 40s now, but he's already feeling the physical effects of, of having done a physical job his oh, whole yeah. life. So, yeah, yeah it will be down to finances, health. And again, you know, I mean, we've managed, we made it through COVID absolutely fine, but you know, any external circumstances that might come into play. Sure. All that aside, we just want to do this for as long as we can. Cool. Well, life's too short. It's a bit of a minute to do that. Doing the right thing, definitely. Oh, 100%. Absolutely, 100%. And thankfully, we'd cottoned on to that before COVID. 
the COVID just for us kind of reaffirmed it, which is why a lot of people said to us, oh, I bet you miss your house now. I said, no, we don't, because it sounds it sounds cheesy as, but as long as as long as we've got each other and we've got the caps and we've got our little home on wheels, we've got everything we need. So we're absolutely fine. You must be super organised living in, in a smaller space. I guess you've just got less stuff because you just fill the space you've got, don't you, basically? Yes. I mean, it took, I finished work about six months before John did. So we, he didn't actually finish work until after we'd moved into the van because, of course, we didn't want to lose our main source of income. Sure. Because obviously, we took, you know, originally we'd taken a year out. So we, you know, no jobs, no nothing. We had the saving, you know, from the house sale. And we, that was our money that we used to travel for that year. So I quit my job about six months before John so that I could actually clear the house down. And let me tell you, it was a full time job. Every day I was up still. Because obviously you want to go through it and you don't want to waste stuff. So you want to, for me, it was keep, sell, donate, you know. So obviously donate things, but also anything we could sell because obviously that proceeds would all then go into a living. Yeah, because I didn't have a job then. That would be our, you know, any sort of fund money or, you know, buying food and things like that. And then obviously keeping and nearly four years in, I think we're, you know, we're always going through cycles of, even now in the van, going through that cycle of getting rid of stuff because in the house it's amazing. I mean, we weren't we're not hoarders. Everything was quite minimalistic. Was that? But actually, it, there was still so much stuff, and I couldn't believe how much stuff we still had left. And obviously, our storage we've cleared down now because, as I said, originally it was meant to be a gap year, oh, so we did keep some stuff, thinking that we would get another house, but perhaps not down south. We might have fancied moving somewhere else. Yeah. So, of course, when we decided we're not interested in that, yeah, and clearing storage down ever since then, it's just been a process. So, like you said, you have a lot less stuff. But the interesting thing is, it's amazing how quickly you get used to not having something. So, as soon as it's out of sight and you can't use it, if you manage to get on without it, nine times out of ten, you don't need it again. And that was a big, that was a bit of an adjustment process because in the house, you would just have stuff just in case. But all that just in case stuff, you can't keep. No, so you de- you're right you have to be there's a couple of rules you have to be organized but yeah. also things if they can have a multi-purpose oh. so normally an item needs to have more than one function to kind of make it practical and make it work and are you going to keep your motorhome or are you going to change it get anything different or bigger or you have here a bit of uh, do you know what I mean, we always, again, we're from the motor industry. So the, the transition over to the leather industry for us, you know, we do find it quite exciting. We like base vehicles. We like looking at layouts. You know, we're a little bit geeky in that sense. And yeah, that's why we, lo- you know, again, we've been going to the NEC shows for years because yeah. even after we had a boat home, because we just yeah. enjoy it, you know. But I, we're always looking because we always like to know what's on the market, see what's new, see any innovations or any anything that you think, oh, actually, that's quite good. But I have to say, we always end up coming back to our motor home because I think you're never going to get it 100% perfect. There's always going to have to be a compromise. Sure. But we've, we've got it 90% as much as you can. So we've got it pretty much spot on. And obviously, we've done quite a lot to our motor home. You know, we've upgraded, you know, to sort of lift here. We've got so, you know, we've got the full air suspension, like self-leveling. Again, for us, it was something that was important and it has been one of the best investments we made, you know, it was a big investment to make, but yeah. three years on, we wouldn't be without it. Yes, there's quite a few extra bits in Bob and John's currently fitting a diesel heater. So we've got dual fuel options. We've got two different options. You know, there's lots of things we've done to our motorhome to make it perfect for us. So as much as we always look around and there's a few that catch our eye, yeah. I'd say we, unless something drastic happened, we 
I think we've pretty much got it spot on with our bags. So we'll keep it for as long as it's as long as we can keep it on the road. We will. Cool. But, but never say never. <laughs> well, I don't know, never know. So you've got a busy year coming up, lots of bad life events and social occasions along the way. Yes, we have. We've got oh, we've got lots going on next year. So we've got the Warner oh, shows, which we're really excited about. Yeah, and before I forget, what what are you? Where, how can people follow you on social media? Oh, okay. So you can follow us. I'd be honest. Our main source is Instagram. Yep. So we've got an Instagram account, a Facebook account, we've got YouTube, and we do have a blog as well where I, you know, write up about because I enjoy the writing. Yeah. All of those can be found if you search for Life Beyond Bricks. You know, we should hopefully we're we're the ones that you'll find, and you'll know it's us because we've got the little red and blue sort of mountain okay. triangle sign. Yeah. Quite, quite, you know, once you spot it, yeah. and there'll obviously be links to each platform from each platform so that's where if you're interested that's where you can follow us and i say we do update you know especially on social media quite regularly because we we love sharing our lifestyle and we love sharing the cool places we go because that's how we first found inspiration so we feel like oh, yeah. it's paying it forward for other people that are looking for inspiration as well so yeah, yeah. it's yeah. funny isn't it how we keep in touch with people through social media when i followed your trip your last trip into Europe, through Germany and France, or did you get to Italy as well? Yeah. yeah. And you took the cats with you, of course, on your trip, last trip. Is yes, it, absolutely. They obviously right. they go everywhere with us. We got the animal health certificates. That was good. Uh, that was easy peasy. And we took them with us. And yet we didn't have a plan for that road trip. We just got, we had a, a one-way Euro, Euro ticket, Euro tunnel ticket. Yeah. And we knew we had approximately six weeks because the trips would have been cancelled twice or moved twice thanks oh, to COVID. Oh, and then John had a health issue. So the original one was meant to be longer, but we moved it and we knew we had six weeks. So we booked that one way ticket out and then we just went with it. And it was absolutely fantastic. And we're, we're going away again next year and we're going to do a very similar thing. We've got, we're going to book a tunnel ticket out. Hopefully we're going to have about two months this time. And we're going to do the same again and just, yeah, go with it. I can't, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. When was it September you were away this year? Yes. October? Yeah, we literally left. We went to the big picnic actually on the way down. The uh, Van Life uh, big picnic. Went yeah. there, caught up with some friends, you know, yeah. had a nice time. And then from there to the tunnel off. So, yeah, we were away for all of September and half of October. And then oh, we came back. back just in time for the NEC show. That's I saw right. you I'm there. Yeah, of course, of course. It's cool. So one of my fun questions is, if you could take your motorhome anywhere in the world, where where would you like to go? Oh, okay. So I'd love to go to Iceland. As I say, we, John and I did a birthday trip there. And it was in January. So it was snow up to your knees. I say three hours of daylight. That was it a day. But what I'd love to do is go back, obviously for longer, and see it in the summer see it in the opposite way but of course do it in our motorhome this time you know so that we can go and see all the all the different things yeah yeah if we could i mean i say that there's every time i see a new place i'm like i want to go there i want to go there (laughs) and when we were on our road trip you know the one we were just talking about our road trip you know we could have gone on for a lot longer than six weeks it wasn't enough because the beauty of we don't plan our trips is because if we see something along the way we want to do then we can do it and we're not restricted so there's probably so many places that I want to see, but the first one that pops into my head is I'd love to go back to Iceland and I'd love to take my boat home and the cats and John and just go get lost around there somewhere. That, exactly sounds, that, sounds, that, that does sound fantastic. I completely mm. agree. I've been to Norway in the summer when you get 24 hour day and it is a unique experience. So you've definitely yeah. got to do it at some, at some stage. It, yes, because that's the thing. It, it was weird enough only having three hours of, of daylight. Uh, you know, I like winter and even I was yeah. a bit like, 
okay, this is weird. So I'd love to see it in the reverse, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and my other fa- favourite question is if you choose three three famous people. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you even ran a campfire on outside your van. Who, who would you choose? Okay, so this is not friends and family, right? No, no not friends and family, yeah. Not friends and family. No. That's absolutely fine. So I would pick Betty White. Loved her. So um, best Betty White, you know, she was in the Golden Girls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she, she died just before her 100th birthday and back oh, in January, I think it was. Oh. But she was a big sort of animal lover and she was just a bit of a, you know, uh, she seemed amazing so I'd love to I'd love to sit and chat with her one of my favourite actresses Angelica Houston I would love to sit around and have a chat with her mm-hmm. and who would my third person be they're all oh, singing gosh, I don't know. So, which is interesting yeah I think another woman and, yeah I think it probably possibly would be another woman the only other one that I'd love to have dead or alive but it's not family unfortunately would be my nan I know you said not friends or family yeah, yeah. Yes. however she yeah. passed away when I was like 11 so there's so much that I would love to tell her about our life and, and things like that. So I know it's cheating slightly, but she would be, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> thank you. Because, you know, she, and to be fair, she was, you know, my mum's foster mum. So, you know, she's the only nan I ever knew, but technically not blood related. So no, I'm not no, going to get okay. away with that on a technicality. Uh, yes. <laughs> we'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and my last question, particularly as it's, as it's Christmas when we're doing this, is if you had a magic wand and you could wish for the one thing to help bad lifers and all the clarinets, what would you wish? Oh, do you know what I'd easily wish for? I don't know if this is what you mean, but... I would love an infrastructure, certainly in the UK, where we had those little service centres like they have across the water, where they're not very big. You know, it's just like a small column and it provides fresh water. There's a little L sandpoint in it and you can do a grey water dump. That That would be what I'd love. It doesn't even have to... Yes. And it does everywhere on the continent, don't you? Everywhere. The signposting in every town is an amazing infrastructure. Yeah, Yeah, we are very... It is, and... It's yeah. not even about the, the park ups. That's not. The, it's just somewhere that you could empty and refill. Mm-hmm. You know, even pay a few. I'm not even saying it has to be free. You know, we'd happily say five to ten pounds. You know, yeah. depending on what facilities you were getting, and have that refresh, and then you can go off and do your own thing again. That is something I really, really wish that we had over that is here. A really good one. Really good. Yes, yeah. because do you know what the UK is beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong, the continent was incredible. Yeah. But I still think the UK is stunning. And what I find interesting is we're such a small country. And, comp- you know, when you say you can compare us to France or any of that, yeah, we have yeah. we have something for everybody. You know, yeah. you've got your sandy beaches, you've got your beaches, your rolling hills, your countryside, you've got mountains, you've got it all. Yeah. And it's incredible. Yeah. It's just a shame. And because it's so compact, yeah. you know, you can travel around it all. It's just a shame we don't have that, those just those service points. You know, they don't take up a lot of space, <laughs> you know. No, you're right, um, right. We do have a huge amount of variety in the UK. I mean, I don't think I appreciated that until I went to travel in Australia and you travel for hours and hours and nothing changes. <laughs> but, yeah. Yes, but it's yes, exactly. That's what's incredible. And I think I'm the same as you. When we when we were over on the continent, obviously it's fantastic. But like you say, because it's so vast, mm. you could be driving for four hours and nothing around you changes. Mm. Whereas you drive for four hours over here, and you could be going through two or three different types of landscape, yeah. two or three, even two or three microclimates, you know, depending on 
on where you go. And I just think the UK has so much to offer. I just wish that we had a better infrastructure. So. Well, I think something's got to, got to change along those lines because there's certainly more people. Uh, and also, that just to avoid the issue of this legal issue, has there were vans, motors parking up a bit illegally or annoying local residents and stuff. I think this could be mm-hmm. probably a bit better, isn't it? But with the growth of, of camper vans and the, that living the dream aspect of it all, there's definitely a need for that, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, I can, you know, I can certainly speak for myself and, and yeah. you know, my good friend in the community is that we don't want any trouble. And I think that's sometimes the misconception is you just want to be somewhere that you're allowed to be, give you those little bit of facilities you need. Yes. And then, you know, you'll respect the area, you'll happily put it back into the economy. You know, as you say, it's just we just need that little yeah. bit given to us to start with i think and i think it's that infrastructure on the continent that really drives motorhome sales because i think the uk is one of the few countries where we sell we buy more caravans than motorhomes i mean that's probably slowly changing but on the continent most countries france and germany motorhomes comfortably outsell caravans because i think people can just see that lifestyle and have those facilities to park up on for a few euros a night it's not an expensive visit mm-hmm. travel really yeah travel stop and off you go again sort of thing yeah, yeah. absolutely and you know what i loved is you know in italy i mean we only did the top part of italy we didn't go to you know we didn't go down because again that's something that it takes you 10 hours to go from one end to the other yes, it's long, um, it? yeah. it's, it, you, on the map it looks like a little that, that big but actually, it's huge. But yeah, one thing I loved about Italy, all the services were free. It was incredible, you know, but that's not so we're after, you know, like in France, where you need to go to a shop to get a token, for example. And again, that would be absolutely fine because you're not, you know, again, the misconception is that, oh, we all want everything for free. We don't. We actually want to pay back into it and, you know, because we want decent facilities, we want decent things, but we're happy to pay for it. That's the difference, you know? So if it means you've got to go to a shop and get a token or spend, you know, five pounds or, you know, whatever, that's fine, you know? That would be, that would be brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I I, I agree. And I thought of another question then, but it's... it's, 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 Oh, I know. Sorry, this is nothing to do with van life at all. But I don't know if you watch much TV. You probably don't in your motorhome, and I don't a lot. A lot, but I do dip in and out of ice there and stuff like that. But talking of Italy, I've been really enjoying the Stanley Tutti has done a tour of Italy, going to each region, looking at all the all of the foods that come from each region. It's really if you love food and you love Italy, you've got to watch yeah. it. It's on um, the the sea I think. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay, that yeah. sounds like something good because actually we watched on Amazon Prime a few weeks ago, James May did something similar. He did a, a tour of Italy yeah. and it's not long after we got back and we watched it and I was like, oh, Joe, I've been Italy so much already. <laughs> well, it made me want to go back and do that's, more. That's partly my, partly my database because we went to Italy in October half term. We flew down to Rome. You went to Rome, didn't you? Yeah, very unlike us. It was my wife's special birthday. (laughs) And uh, I had some air masks to use up as well. So we managed to get all four of us uh, out to Rome, which is a little bit fantastic. I love, I do love Italy. The the Italians are really friendly and lovely. And I love the food. So, yeah, I've been indulging myself in watching the series to catch up with all the... uh, The Italians love their food. Well, I suppose, yeah, so do the French. But I just think they're just really into it. It's it's nice and simple. They do. And the wine, and just the different traditions in each part of the such a, a country with such a lot of variety. But yeah, we've digressed into travel now. <laughs> hey, I say that the travel is a you know a big part of 
you know, again, for us, that is a big part of the our van life experiences because the whole point is it, it is an experience. It's, you know, it, like I said, it's a mindset, it's a lifestyle, but that incorporates all the different food and all the different yeah. places and all the different cultures. Yeah. That's what we want to go yeah. and see and do. So, so as soon as I've got time for a, a longer trip, more than more than usual two weeks or something. I think the tour of Italy would definitely be on the coast. Uh, I'd love to do that. To get right yeah. down south, it's normally a bit far to get to on a, on a holiday and sort of travelling yeah. every day sort of thing. But it's all we like to do. Yes. Just yeah. a few times, actually. It's often, yeah. yeah. We like it. It's one of our favourites. <laughs> right. No, I, I, be, think, I, I better think... let you go and get on with your with your day. And what, what do you do for Christmas? Are you in your van for Christmas? We are. We're in the van for Christmas. We haven't got any solid plans. Mm-hmm. We're going to head, because obviously where John is at the moment in, in sort of North Shropshire, we're going to probably go north and for a couple of weeks. Again, no solid plans, but we're going to uh, we're going to go up there and see nice. see where we end up, see who we meet along the way. So John, and... John's actually working full-time at the moment for a stint? Yes, he is. So, so we're both self-employed. Yeah, and as I say, COVID is our, our original plan following our gap year and we decided you know we were, we were going to carry it on originally he was going to do lorry driving because he had to take an extra test to be able to drive our motorhome anyway he went ahead and did the class 2 hdb because it was not very much more expensive than yeah. the c1 yeah but of course covid put paid to that because there was no jobs for inexperienced drivers it was all for experienced drivers during that time okay. so he's ended up actually working on motorhomes now Someone, again, someone that we met through YouTube, through social media, who has their own independent dealer, um, reached out to us and said, look, I need some help, you know, post post the first lockdown. He's like, look, I need help getting back up together. I I understand that you guys are looking, you know, for some work, etc. And it was only meant to be two weeks. And he's been there on and off for two and a half years now. So it's fantastic. So he's actually working on motorhomes, which is, it's actually worked out brilliant because he's learning about the habitation side which is now helping us tenfold because it means he can work on our own van now. That's really yeah. Yeah, and of course it means as well, you know, we can help if our friends ever need help, you know, it just gives him people that extra bit of knowledge. So, yes, yeah, so he when he's working, he's full-time, and I've launched my own virtual assistant business, and I actually help other travel bloggers, you know, with all the, the bits and bobs that go on behind the scenes and building that up now so I can work from the road, which obviously is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. So it means only once it means that while I was away, I was still working, you know, and it's it was a learning curve as to how to fit work around travel because I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, it's, it's brilliant. So that's how we kind of fund our fund our lifestyle now. Mm-hmm. He works for a bit, then we save up and go off for a bit. Then yeah. he works, and we're all self-employed. So of course we can tailor it to yeah, what we need. Cool. Well, wherever you end up for this, let's have a lovely time. And I Thank will you. see you at the February show, which is. So oh my gosh, it's gonna it's gonna be here so quick, isn't it? But yeah, have a fantastic Christmas, and I'll, I'll literally see you in a couple of months. <laughs> yes, we'll draw. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So there we are. That is end of episode twenty four. Next week is episode twenty five, and that actually brings us almost up to the half year mark in terms of six months of this podcast. So I'm going to do a bit of an end of year review next week. And then after that, I've got a Christmas special episode planned for the Tuesday, for the week between Christmas and New Year. And then lots of exciting things to come in the new year. So I will speak to you again next week. And in the meantime, I hope you're getting into the Christmas spirit. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it and would really appreciate it if you could share it with as many people as possible. 
even better, please give me a five-star review in iTunes. It'd be a great help. If you'd like me to interview you, want to suggest someone to interview, or interested in sponsoring this podcast, or want to get in touch with me for any reason, please drop me a line at john at rawlingscommunications.com or message me on Instagram at rawlings underscore comms. Thanks very much. Bye for now.